I'm just disappointed. Jamie Vardy should have started. Why is Harry Kane taking the set pieces? That is the main problem. Hello and welcome back to the Soccer Brothers Podcast. This is episode number 52. I'm your host, Alex Tarnsen, always I'm joined by my brother, Nicole. How are you doing, Nicole? I'm doing really well, man. We're in Paris right now for the European Championships. We were just in Nice for a few days, and we've really been able to experience the wonderful atmosphere surrounding this great tournament. Uh, we've been able to talk to some English fans, some Iceland fans, other fans too, and those audio clips you heard at the beginning were actually uh, st- clips we recorded, uh, including an interview with an English fan right after England lost. We unfortunately haven't been able to go to any of the matches, but just being able to watch the matches uh, with fans and to be in the fan zone and just to experience the, the uh, well, experience everything that's going on around the tournament is fantastic. The fanfare that's going on around the tournament is just fantastic, and I'm excited to experience what Paris has to offer in the next few days for the quarterfinals. How are you doing, though? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been doing pretty well. We've had similar experiences. Um, you know, going along with what you said, it's been kind of interesting to see, uh, the outlook about American soccer from some of the European fans, which I think has improved since, you know, the last time I came to Europe, which is in Italy a few years ago. Yeah, I, I think, I think it definitely has. We've had some maybe impressive results. We've obviously done decent, a decent job in the Copa America. It was funny enough, we've... I think we've seen, what, three Arturo Vidal Chile jerseys in the last, like, two days? Yeah. Uh, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, we've seen a New York Cosmos shirt, <laughs> of all things. I mean, we've seen a lot of different things. We, it's we not see, an NYCFC jersey. Yeah, an NYCFC jersey and a, red, a New York Red Bulls backpack, so a New York trifecta. Um, I didn't think about that, but yeah. Yeah, so, uh, well, the Cosmos are a big brand. I was telling you that, you know, they're a big soccer brand around the world because of Pele and, and all of that. Uh, Raul just played for them. So, you know, I guess that's not too surprising, but, well, no, it, it still is surprising. But, you know, it's great to see just those brands be something that people over here are willing to wear. Uh, and, um, and, and, and like you said, I think our, our, the outlook on American soccer has definitely improved. Uh, the perception of American soccer has improved, and I think it's something we should embrace. Uh, and a lot of the English fans are ready to, to admit that we have a decent team. You know, we were talking, uh, we were at a bar or a restaurant um, watching the Germany match. Uh, uh, Germany. Slovakia. Slovakia, that's right. Germany, Slovakia. And one of the guys was like, oh, the U.S. has got a pretty decent team. They might be better than we are. You know, we are better than they are. But, <laughs> um, but you know, it, it's great to have that recognition. And I think, uh, I, I think, I don't know, I, I think definitely in the last seven years, since 2009, uh, we've really improved uh, how we're perceived around the world. So it, it's exciting. And we've obviously had a good run in this Copa America. And hopefully we can continue to, to improve and hopefully go to the quarterfinals in 2018 and, and show that you know we are a perennial quarterfinal quarterfinalist in the World Cup. And that, I think that should be our goal from now on. Of course, you're going to have a bad tournament every now and then, but that should be our goal from now on. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's been great here to experience everything. And, uh, you know, um, you know, while we're talking about the U.S. men's national team, why don't we just get straight into uh, the last result and really the last game that we're going to see this summer from the senior men's national team, which was the third place game in the Copa America Centenario against Colombia, who crashed down the semifinals against Chile. 
um, it was a pretty good showing from the U.S. You know, some people wanted to see Pulisic and Nagby start. Uh, they did not, but they did come off the bench. And But overall, a, a very good performance, but we ended up losing 0-1 to one, uh, thanks to a strike from Bach on the 31st minute. Yeah, I, I will say the one bad thing about being here uh, is that we had to watch this match at 2 a.m., uh, same with the final. Uh, but, you know, it, it was it was a good showing for the U.S., and it just confirmed that Jermaine Jones is one pretty indispensable at this point in the midfield, and Kyle Beckerman should not be playing. And if the same thing goes for Bobby Wood and Chris Wondolowski. They really make the team, and I don't think, I don't think, uh, I think we really, really missed them against Argentina, and we, we probably still would have lost, but I don't think it would have been as, as bad if Jermaine Jones and Bobby Wood and even Ali Bedoya were, were in there. Of course it wouldn't have been as bad, but this, this match really confirmed how good they are for this team. Also, another decent showing for Giassi's artist, except, you know, I still think he's a little indecisive in front when he gets into the penalty box, but I, I think another decent showing from Giassi's artist, and I'm excited to see where he goes now, and I know that might be surprising for you to hear, but if he continues to improve like he did throughout this tournament, I, I think I think he does have a bright future and a very high ceiling with the national team, and maybe that's we, we can attribute that to the level of competition he's played um, in this tournament. And, and how he's had to learn to sort of navigate those spaces and be in the right place at the right time. And, um, you know, he's he's obviously an important part of the national team, and he's probably going to be part of Klinsman's plan uh, for a long time. He's, you know, he's the most capped player in the last year, <laughs> a year and a half. That's crazy. Uh, so, you know, it, it's good to see him continue to prove. Final thing, John Brooks unfortunately wasn't there. But Michael Orozco at left back, why? why? Um, you know, I probably would. I rather would have seen Burnbaum than Beasley left back. Michael, I, and if you're Edgar Castillo, what must you be thinking? First, Fabian Johnson starts over you, which makes sense. Then Matt Beasley starts over you. Then Michael Orozco starts over you. So it seems like Edgar Castillo is not going to be there. But hopefully, Orozco is done. Beckerman's done, and Wondolowski are done. Those are the three players that need to be gone from the national team. Dempsey and Jones still got to be there. Yeah. So, I mean, but by the way Klinsman lined up at the end of this game, he was trying to get, or in his eyes, the best players on the field. Uh, did, did you think that was this was a loss for your, your Christian Pulisics because this was a good time to, you know, see them start full uh, a full 90 minutes, which Pulisic hasn't even done yet? Yeah. And, uh, you know, the third-place game isn't really valuable to right. the team. So did you think that Klinsman should have, you know, I guess specifically Pulisic and Nagby. Do you think you should have started those players? I think, well, I mean, I think Nagby should start regardless. So, uh, yeah, Pulisic, maybe. Like you said, it's not, you know, the game doesn't really mean much. But it was our chance to maybe come back and get some revenge against Colombia and prove after a 4 nothing loss, I think it was really important for us to prove that we're a decent team. And I think that might have been the objective here. Um, and, and we played well. We really did. Uh, I thought... You know, we probably deserved a goal in that second half. Uh, and, and it's not like Colombia played scrubs, James Rodriguez and Juan Cuadrado, and obviously Carlos Baca played. Uh, so, you know, it, it, we were a little bit unfortunate. Bobby Wood hitting the post. Uh, you know, Ospina made some incredible saves, including a free kick from De- including on a free kick from Dempsey. Um, so, you know, it just wasn't our night. But going back to Pulisic and Nagby, Obviously, I would have, I would have loved to see them start, but uh, you know, I especially Nagby. I, it just 
I understand where Klinsman's coming from. I, I think it's a missed opportunity in terms of experience, but I don't think it was necessarily the wrong decision. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's just that was just a question that a lot of U.S. Yeah. fans had going in because you know we, we know that Klinsman doesn't value Nagby you know enough to be a starter right now. I mean, he, well, I mean, he, he came out and said after the tournament that they didn't play because you know they're just getting experience and they're getting their feet wet, uh, which. You know, fair enough. That didn't stop you from playing yeah, Julian Green or, like, <laughs> DeAndre. DeAndre I, I don't know. I, I guess that those guys have played more than Julian Green did, uh, Pulisic and Nagby. But I, I, you just have to feel that Nagby would have really helped against a team like Argentina. And he wasn't able to, to, to make the tactical changes that he needed to make to fit Nagby in there. And, unfortunately, you know, we didn't show. Um I don't know. I don't think I don't think it's that Klinsman doesn't value Nagby and Pulisic. Otherwise, they wouldn't be on the roster. I just think he has this. I I just don't know how he thinks because he just has this thing about uh, experience, but it sort of contradicts itself with wanting young blood. I don't really I don't really understand yeah, I mean, his logic. That didn't really help Donovan get on the roster in twenty ten. Exactly. Twenty fourteen. Like, exactly. I, I don't really I don't understand. Um, but hopefully, you know, the World Cup qualifiers, they are starters, and we get players like Jordan Morris and Emerson Hyndman into the team. Yeah, I, I definitely think that the biggest mistake that we're going to look back in this tournament was uh, not switching up the formation and starting Chris Wondolowski in the 4-4-2 against, against Argentina. Right, right. And I, by far the biggest mistake uh, was starting Chris Wondolowski, and obviously Klinsman admitted that by taking him off at halftime. So... Yeah, not not good, not good. All right, obviously we'll be talking about the U.S. men's national team. If you just got here for the Copa America Centenario, uh, we're going to talk about them through all their friendlies and World Cup qualifying campaigns. So don't uh, stay here if you're interested in that on the podcast. Uh, but we're, we're going to move on to the Copa America Centenario final. But before we get to that, we have to talk about the soccer-themed clothing brand named Ambitious Strike. They sell amazing merchandise, and you can check that out at ambitiousstrike.com. If you want a 15% off on your entire purchase on that website, then enter the code BROTHERS at checkout. Yep, go check them out, guys. They're fantastic. Yeah, the Copa America final. It was in MetLife Stadium. We got 82,000 fans, which is really cool to see. The game was a little bit dull. There weren't that many chances throughout the entire game, and it went to extra time. So we had to see 120 minutes of a lot of nothing. Uh, Iguain did have a golden chance earlier, uh, early in the first half, and but he couldn't put away and tried to uh, chip Bravo. Right. I don't know what he was doing there. Uh, I mean, he should have just slot at home, and I think he probably got into his own head being one-on-one with a keeper. You don't try to round and chip a keeper. That doesn't really... Yeah, he, <laughs> he over-elaborated, but, um, you know, I thought Messi was great in this match. I just want to throw that out there. He created six chances. Um, the rest of the players that played created nine combined. Um, but it was a pretty drab affair, not like the first match in, in the uh, group stage, when Argentina won two to one, but like the Copa America final last year that went went to penalties and Chile won. Um, yeah, not, Chile did win four to two right, in penalties. Not a whole lot in this game. Of course, there were two red cards, um, so the, that was kind of unfortunate to see. Um, Rojo uh, was sent off for Argentina after uh, was it Diaz? Yeah, I think yeah. Diaz for for Chile. Um, the I don't know why Rojo was sent off. Uh, I really don't know. The referee was atro- atrocious 
absolutely atrocious. And what was it? Like 14 yeah. red cards in the last 27 matches? Yeah, that's insane. And, and even Diaz, he, he was he was yellow two yellow cards, and the second yellow card was just not a yellow card in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I think you can call obstruction there, and maybe it is a yellow card, but it's very harsh. And, you know, it just ch- it completely changes the match. Uh, unfortunately, it was 10 to 10, you know, which I personally, I like seeing, I like seeing an even match, but I just think the Rojo red card, it was a straight red. It made absolutely no sense to me. Um, unless he swore, remember before the tournament, they said swearing would lead to straight reds or something. I don't think I saw that ever, but I, it's just absolutely ridiculous, um, red card, but overall, nothing really happening. Iguain with the only true ch- chance. Oh, actually, you know what? Aguero had a great chance in extra time. Omar Omar Bravo made a couple of great saves and was man of the match in this tournament. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Man of the match in this tournament. Sorry, man he, of the match in this match. Yeah, and he, he also won. Yeah, yeah Golden he, Gloves. He did win Golden Gloves. Sorry, I was in two minds there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And they, they had an interesting rule in this tournament that you were allowed a fourth sub in the right. final of this game. So. Uh, yeah. Final of this tournament. Yeah. He's the same thing I did there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think... Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't very exciting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and obviously the, uh, Chile ended up winning 4-2 to two on penalties, and, and, you know, everyone wanted to talk about how Messi missed the first penalty for Argentina. Yeah. Uh, th- yeah, the first penalty as a whole before Vidal missed his, and, uh, you know, he missed it right over the crossbar. No, no, no. Vidal missed the penalty first. Yeah, that would make sense, because otherwise... Yeah, yeah. yeah. V- v- Vidal missed the penalty first, and then Messi put it over. You called it. You said he's going to sky this. Yeah, I also said he would hit that free kick against the U.S. Yeah, yeah you did. You said um, he would I'm go... I'm good at calling Messi things. Yes, yeah, true. <laughs> um, yeah, he just... It was unfortunate to see that. Uh, you know, I was rooting pretty hard for Argentina and for Messi, because he just feels so much pressure from those fans in Argentina, and always he's always questioned. He deserves to win a tournament. He's... One of the, if not the best player we've, we've ever seen. He's the best player I've ever seen and you've ever seen. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it was just unfortunate to see him go out like that. Um, and the miss was, the miss was terrible. I mean, he, I don't know what happened in his mind there. And he obviously was pretty gutted and, you know, he, he's going to feel the brunt of the, uh, the critics, uh, messages after the match. Um. Yeah, I mean, one thing I will say, though, was this match going into extra time and penalties was was so, so terrible for us. Because we started, like I said, we started watching this match at 2 a.m. By the time we went to bed, it was like 5.30 in the morning. Oh, yeah. And we had to go, we had to go to, where did we go? We went somewhere the, that day, the next day. I think Monaco, was that the same day? Yeah. yeah. So it was, uh, it was not ideal. But, uh, yeah, that, that it was unfortunate to see that, and... After that, Chile did what they needed to do. Bravo made his save against uh, Biglia. And uh, Chile go on to win, and they, they repeat. So, didn't have a trophy before last year. They now have two in two years. And, um, you know, they you can't really... I mean, they have to be considered the best team in South America right now. And one of the best teams in the world, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely agree. Uh, they, they won... Uh, the golden the golden boot was a Chile player and Eduardo Vargas. The golden ball was a player, a Chile player, and Alexis Sanchez. And as we said before, the golden glove went to Claudio Bravo. So definitely a great tournament from Chile. They were just so solid, and that seven zero win against Mexico in the quarterfinals 
was a big, big statement because right. before that, people people weren't you know treating them as a serious title contender. Everyone just thought it was going to be Argentina, right? And everyone was picking Mexico in that match, so you know it, it, it's interesting to see where it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. But I think they can maybe contend for a World Cup. I don't know why they wouldn't be able to. Yeah, if, if they can keep all their players healthy, then I, I definitely agree. Yeah. Uh, but even, like, when Arturo Vidal got suspended in the semifinal, they were able to win. Yeah, that's actually true. They I, do guess, I guess a good, a very good Colombian team. So, you know, they, they buy into the coaches' system, and they've, they've done a great job executing it. And, um, you know, and I think the problem is you look at their roster from top to bottom, and besides, you know, Bravo, Sanchez, and Vidal, who are obviously fantastic players, people don't see... You know, people don't see the names that they know. You know, so when they come up against a team like Argentina, you know, it's it, they people people think, oh, it's you know, it's just going to be Argentina's going to run over them. But you know, all these players, Gary Medell is a fantastic player, and he has been for injured for a long time. So yeah. uh, they, they're all good players, and uh, Eduardo Vargas too proved in this tournament he's he's a really good player, and you know, he hasn't he hasn't had the best of times in the Bundesliga, but he always t- seems to show up for Chile. So, uh, you know, they're, they're a force to be reckoned with. And, two, you know, to win two major tournaments in two years at the international level is extremely hard to do. Uh, and all credit to Chile. You know, they, they, deserved, they deserved to win this tournament. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Vargas, you know, and Sanchez up top, they just have a great connection. And on every counterattack, they look dangerous. It, it, it's, they're really exciting to watch, too. It's yeah. Um, uh, except in this match. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think part of that was the early red card. Uh, That's probably true, yeah. But you would think it'd be more open. It really wasn't. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know what happened in this match. Maybe they were pl- trying, trying to play a little bit more safe. But, uh, yeah, it, I mean, you know, it, it, this was a great tournament, I think. You know, uh, we, they averaged 46,000 uh, fans per match. Yeah, the, ra- the ratings were decent in the U.S., too. So, uh, you know, it was... It was a good tournament. It was exciting, and hopefully, I think the next step is for Comdebol and Concacaf to merge. It's not maybe maybe not merge, but have a tournament like this to compete with the Euros every four years. I think it'll be beneficial for both confederations. Concacaf, the teams will get better, and Comdebol, Comdebol, they'll be able to get the revenue from the tournament. And uh, there was a lot of money made uh, in this tournament, and, and, and also. Judging by the, the the semifinals and the finals and the way Argentina reacted when they lost, and by the way Chile reacted when they won, these teams were taking this 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 tournament seriously. And you know, Messi said this is the tournament he wanted to win very very badly, and and I think that's great. I think it's great because, you know, it's not like the U.S. and Mexico were the only two teams taking this tournament seriously. All these teams were, and hopefully it continues to be like that going forward. If we if we have more tournaments like this, yeah, I, I, and I, I definitely want to see them come together more often like this. Um, I think the the Copa America and the Gold Cup um, are still going to exist. I mean, mainly because of the gateway to the Confederations Cup, absolutely uh, for each confederation. But it would be nice to see this more often. Uh, you know, maybe every four years, something like that. Uh, that would that would be very cool to absolutely. see both confederations fit in. But um, you just talked about Messi being disappointed after the game. He went and said, 
he was talking about how he's really disappointed after three tournaments, and he said that maybe the national team isn't for him, and then announced he was quitting the Argentinian national team. And um, other players said that they might step forward, but we're mainly going to be talking about Messi. <laughs> this just really took me by surprise. I, you know, there was, there was no hints of this before the game, before the tournament, and I, I just... Yeah. Well, I think there were hints. He almost retired in 2011. I think he's always sort of felt demonized by a certain section of Argentine fans. I think the vast majority love Messi, but, you know, always being compared to Maradona, being his his innate Argentineness or whatever you want to call it, uh, is always being questioned, and I think he feels the pressure, and I think it adds a lot of stress, and it, it, it he doesn't probably doesn't feel very appreciated. And I think that's all boiled over in, you know, three straight finals losses in three years, um, two straight losses on penalties, three straight matches in the extra time. They were so close every time, and Messi did yeah. everything. And it's unfair to blame this loss on Messi and say he didn't show up. Yes, he did choke on the penalty, but like I said, he created the most chances in this match. He was fantastic all tournament. He, you know, the game plan seemed to be give it to Messi and see if he can do anything. It, there was really nothing else there. Uh, and he, you know, he did everything he could. It's, it's just absolutely unfortunate. And like you said, it was so surprising. We, I woke up, I saw the notification, I did a double take, and I was like, wait, what? I went to Twitter, I went, I was like, I searched it up, and I saw all his quotes and stuff, and then I woke you up, and you were, you thought I was lying. Yeah, <laughs> You know, he's only 29 years old. I hope, I really hope we do see him at 2018. I think we will, but, you know, maybe, maybe this is it. And it's a real shame that we won't see any more international football from arguably the greatest player of all time. Yeah, he would still have a ton to offer in 2018 at 31 years old, and and I, I hope he does return. Um, but if he needs to take a step back, he needs to take a break, it's fine. No matter what, you're going to make the team a lot better when you show up. Right. So um, if, if he can get into a better emotional state, that can also help his game. So, uh, you know, everyone should just respect his decision for now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, and, and, you know, the unfair thing about this whole penalty miss thing is that if he makes the penalty and he, if he makes the penalty and Argentina ends up winning, he's not the hero. No. But right now, he's the villain after missing it. He may I be. guess. I think, well, I think well, so, people are very divided on Messi, but I think there is a lot of sympathy for him now. Uh, even Diego Maradona sort of went back on his words about Messi and urged him to stay with the national team. And I think people are going to realize just how how good he's been for this team and how much he's carried them. And, you know, maybe the best case is that Argentina matures as a team without him for two years, and then he can come back into the team, and the team will be better for it. And I think that's a, I think that's a possibility. Um, that way they don't have to rely on Messi, but they'll have him on the pitch in 2018 and can hopefully, for their sake, win the World Cup. Um, but we all know they're going to lose to the U.S. in the final. So Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still don't think we've seen the best of Messi for the national team. I think he, I think he can do a little bit more, and that might be where he's playing in the system that he's playing in. Maybe he's got a little bit too much talent up top. But I mean, uh, with he had him, five goals and four assists in this tournament, in three starts. Yeah, I, I, I think he had a, he had a, he had a great tournament. Um, I mean, he did play. You know, Venezuela and the U.S. and the knockout stages. No, no, no. no. Nothing to take away from this tr- tournament, but I guess the World Cup, like people said, he had a great tournament. But yeah. I-, I think he could have done a little bit more, especially towards the knockout rounds. But what do you want him to do? Oh, well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm dis- I'm not saying he's not 
No, I know what you're saying. I, I'm saying I've seen this guy play for you know Barcelona and 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 I and I I know he can he can win a golden boot in the World Cup and he can win a you know what I mean? Yeah, but if if he doesn't show up for Barcelona, you still have Luis Suarez and Neymar, and you know you still have Iguain and Di Maria and Aguero, but I I just don't think it's the same because at Barcelona he has won. For Argentina, he hasn't. So I think there's that added pressure. But, I mean, I, I guess I see what you're saying. But, you know, he carried the team to this tournament. And he, even in 2014, you know, his his goal against Switzerland. I mean, that's why they that's why they made it. You know, he had that goal against Iran, against Bosnia. Those are moments of individual brilliance. Yeah. And, I, you know, no one else, not very many people in the world can do that. So I think... <laughs> I think it's just, you know, he can't do that every single match. Someone else needs to step up, whether it's Iguain. What, Iguain needs to step up? Um, yeah, I definitely think so, yeah. And I'm not excusing Messi's miss, because he can't do that. That's a, ter- that's a horrible miss, and he, you know, he should score that every time. Or at least p- put it on frame. No, I, 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 don't, I don't know how that happened. I've, I, I think I've seen him do that one other time, but yeah. for Barcelona. But you, you know, you can miss, you can afford to miss those for Barcelona. And it's not, it's not a Messi Ronaldo thing. Like you know, this is just about Messi. And yeah, yeah I think uh, I know I just brought Ronaldo up, but <laughs> I, you know, you can appreciate both. The world is wide enough to appreciate both. <laughs> I definitely agree. <laughs> Uh, you know, speaking of Ronaldo, we can talk about the Confederation and the cup that he's playing in, which are the European Championships, which is why we're here. In that transition, France. though. <laughs> it was pretty good. It was pretty fire. <laughs> uh, the first game that we saw on June 25th of the round of 16 was Switzerland versus Poland. Uh, we had two pretty good goals in regulation. Jakub Blaszczykowski, uh, coming off a good season for Florentina, has had a fantastic cup and scored a goal in the 39th minute for Poland. Uh... And Shakiri in the 82nd minute scored a really good bicycle kick to tie it up to send it an extra time. And uh, eventually we saw it go to penalties and Krakowiak uh, have the game-winning penalty for Poland. Yeah, Krakowiak iced it. Um, they won 5-4. to four. Poland makes all of their free kicks. The Shakiri goal... Uh, free kicks. Penalty kicks. Um, the uh, the uh, Shakiri goal was fantastic. Um, you know, Shaka just wasn't able to convert, convert for Switzerland on that second penalty kick. Milik was for Poland, fortunately, after, you know, missing some great chances throughout this whole tournament. Uh, so, you know, good for Poland, and they're a lot of people's dark horse favorites in this tournament, but they have a real test coming up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll talk more about that game moving forward. Uh, on that same day, we saw Wales uh, play, play Northern Ireland in the round of 16, and it ended up being an own goal that brought them through from Macaulay. Uh, Gareth Bale tried to deliver an across, and it was a powerful cross. Yeah. Uh, Macaulay tried to clear it out, but it was into his own net. It was a terrible match. Horrible soccer. Um, I don't really have much else to say. Uh, you know, Wales are a decent team, but, wow, that was woeful. Um, and I think Wales are the better team. Um, and, you know, Northern Ireland, along with England, Exit the European, exit Europe for this, twice in the same week. So, um, unfortunately, I don't know. It was they had a good tournament. They got out of the group, obviously. Northern Ireland did, but 
I, I just feel like like this match is what well, this match is what having twenty four teams in a round of sixteen leads to. So I don't know. Uh, that's true. Fitness is definitely coming. We can see coming into play here. It's not even just fitness. It's the fact that a team like Northern Ireland is in the knockout stages of the European Championships. Uh, I mean, there's definitely other teams to, you know, faults like the Netherlands for not qualifying. No, I mean, I, I'm not saying they don't deserve to be here. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't really, I don't really have anything else. Also, to one UK team had to lose this game. That's what I was trying to say. Oh. <laughs> Wait, I thought you said... One of the home nations. Because Northern Ireland's part of the UK, so they left Europe along with England for the second time in a week. That was a Brexit reference. Right. I, I just wanted to point out that, like, if, if Wales lost, oh, then well, that, yeah. would be, that would be another nation. Yeah, yeah I, was starting okay. to say, I was starting to say it's unfortunate that one home nation had to go home, but... Um, yeah. Not, yeah, I mean... I, in- interesting that an English referee was... Was the referee for this match too? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, th- yeah, I mean, you said this wasn't a very good match. I don't know. I don't. We're just rambling now. I don't even know what that was. <laughs> we just there was really nothing to talk about. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess. Uh, <laughs> moving on to the next match, which was the another horrible match. <laughs> the evening match between Croatia and Portugal. Uh, in Lens, and it ended up going to extra time after a very sloppy full 90 minutes, and uh, eventually uh, Karezma got the goal in the 117th minute. Yeah, Nani, uh, with a great pass to Ronaldo, Ronaldo unable to score, Karezma there for the tap-in, though, and Portugal wins one nothing. And just uh, literally a minute before Croatia hits the, hits the post, um, so just a, a terrible turn of events for them. And I'm really disappointed that we won't get to see Modric and Rakitic going forward in this tournament. Um, but good on Portugal, and uh, I guess they deserve to go through. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see how they fare against Poland. Uh, who, yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the next day, on June 26th, we saw France, the host, take on Ireland in Lyon, and uh, they came back from being down 1-0 and 1-2-1. Yeah, uh, Robbie Brady scores a penalty in the second minute. Shane Long draws it. Um, I don't think it's a very questionable call. I think it was a cut-and-dry penalty. Um, And then in the second half, France is able to regroup Griezmann with two really good goals. um, And it within the span of three minutes. And France are able to go through to the quarterfinals. And we were in the fan zone for that match in Nice. And the crowd was just quiet for the whole first half. And the atmosphere was fantastic up until the second minute. Um, and then it sort of got quiet. And then we went to an Irish pub for the second half. <laughs> so I guess we cursed both teams. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, but it, w- it would have been cool to see Ireland prevail in, in that environment. But we still got to see, you know, some of the city buzz right. outside of the pub. Uh, yeah, Griezmann. Uh, do you say Griezmann? I say Griezmann usually, but I, I don't know. I go in between them. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the first goal just was a great header, very powerful uh, to, to the top left, and uh, the second goal was just a very nice finish into the bottom right corner. And yeah, Drew, credit to Giroud. Yeah, so he he was a great uh, great header down by him, and uh, Griezmann was able to score. Griezmann, Griezmann. Yeah, and the, and the penalty in the second minute, that was definitely deserved. Pogba was just being rash. Right. And uh, I caught him from behind. And then in the 26th minute, or sorry, on June, on June 26th, on that same day, 
Uh, Germany played Slovakia and didn't really have any troubles beating them 3-0. Yeah, uh, Jerome Boateng with a cracker of a goal in the eighth minute outside the box. That was insane. Gomez, a nice uh, nice uh, close-range goal. Julian Draxler, another goal. Uh, Go- Julian Draxler was the man of the match. He had an assist on the Mario Gomez goal. Did a great job creating that opportunity. And, um, you know, he's sort of... I'm, I'm glad he's playing well because, you know, there were questions of, you know, what was going to happen after he moved to Wolfsburg from Schalke. And he's sort of been linked with big teams. Um, d- didn't have a very good season with uh, Schalke two years ago now. Uh, but able to make his way back into the national team. And it's done a great job with, with uh, Germany. Yeah, Germany definitely looking one of, one of the contenders to win this tournament. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> they uh, always are. Yeah. In, I mean, in any tournament. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even though they haven't seen much success up until, you know, the 2014 World Cup. Uh, yeah, yeah, besides their, you know, previous three World Cups. Right, but in, in, yeah, in, in know, this know, recent know, time, with this group of players. No, I know, right? I know, I know. I know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... Maybe you want to be the host. No. (laughs) I apologize. Uh, The night game that day was Hungary versus Belgium, and it was pretty even throughout the whole game, even uh, after Toby Alderweireld's header in the 10th minute. Uh, But at the end, Belgium just pulled away and won 4-0. Yeah, you know, Hungary were trying to get that goal. They were unable to. They looked looked exciting. They played some good soccer. Unfortunately, they weren't able to do much. Um, As you said, Alderweireld scored, and then, you know, uh, Mishi Bashu... Bashuai, who's been linked with, who's been confirmed with three different clubs in the past day, Tottenham, <laughs> Chelsea, and Crystal Palace. I think Chelsea's most recent, yeah. Yeah. Um, Bashuai scores after Romelu Lukaku did nothing for 78 minutes, or for 75 minutes or whatever. Great cross from Hazard. Yeah. Who, yeah, yeah. That was when he, uh, pa- he got his own pass. Yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. <laughs> I was, I was telling you, like, you kind of missed it. Like, you thought yeah. it was just like a great dribble. And then I was like, wait, no, he was trying to pass it. And then no one ran onto it, and he was somehow able to run onto it and then get on. And then two minutes later, an incredible, incredible piece of individual skill. Um, and uh, Hazard was able to score. You know, some random American dude stood up and started clapping in the middle of a restaurant. <laughs> and that was just kind of weird. That's um, <laughs> <laughs> cool. I know. Uh, I don't know that, but... <laughs> It was kind of funny. I like a reverse Messi kind of play. Like, right. Messi would have come in from the right and right. then went on to his left. Well, and it's not like it was a huge, like, it was a restaurant watch every, where everyone was watching the game. It was, you know, that was one of the dinners. We just decided to have a decent dinner and, you know, watch the match. <laughs> so he's just playing with the guy. Yeah. <laughs> and he just stood up. And, and like, yeah, and the fans were hungry fans there. Uh, the fans who were there, and they were, like, separated. Hungry as in fans of the national team. I just want to make that clear. We were in a restaurant. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, why don't we talk about the next goal, Carrasco? I mean, it was, it was another really good goal. He, he's done a great job ever since he's come on for Belgium. Great pass by Roger Nyangolin, your Roma man. Um, I don't know if he's my man anymore because I, I saw him. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but there was a picture that someone retweeted, and he was wearing a, uh, he was wearing a Make America Great Again hat. Seriously? I have no idea why you're Belgian, but... <laughs> okay. But I mean, I respect anyone's opinions, actually. You know what, Roger? I'm not going to treat you differently just because of who you support. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and if, if you're listening to this and you support Donald Trump, more power to you. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't want to point that out. But Carrasco, you know, he's he's been sort of a revelation this season. And he did really well for Atletico in the Champions League final, and... 
good on him for scoring that fourth goal. And yeah, the score line was really, really harsh on Hungary. I thought they played really well up until that 78th minute, and then it sort of just all fell apart. Yeah, yeah. Even after that, they, had, they tested Courtois a lot of times during this match. He, he right. He's played really well, along with, you know, him and De Gea had really impressive matches this tournament, mm. uh, which was the next match. Italy played Spain, and uh, they ended up winning 2-0 after, you know, the, this was a pretty exciting match, pretty open. Both teams had some chances. I thought Italy dominated the first half. I uh, thought Italy dominated the whole match, maybe into the last 10 minutes, where, there, yeah. where Spain was able to get some chances from pressure. Yeah, but, but yeah, but um, yeah. I think Spain can still kick themselves a little bit because for most of the match or most of the game, it was it was one nil, and they had a couple really close chances to finish it. Yeah, they like were, PK. Yeah, yeah. In the game before the Pele winner, I, I think. Well, Morata. I was telling you the stats today. Morata had the most shots for Spain in this tournament. Second was Sergio Ramos with ten. Third was Gerard PK with eight, and I think that's telling of how. Listless, this attack has been since the Turkey match where they looked fantastic. And they just look terrible. And, you know, for me, Vicente Del Bosque has to go. They were eliminated in the group stage um, in the 2014 World Cup, and they didn't make it past the round of 16 in this tournament, too. You have to say, although Italy are playing out of their mind right now, a team you feel like they should beat. Not, you know, definitely one of Italy's worst teams they've ever fielded in a tournament. Um, and I, I really don't think that's hyperbole. Yeah, no. I, I, I honestly think Francesco Totti could start on this team. Okay. I don't... I mean, Conte has a system. No, I know, I know. I know. It's a, <laughs> I know. He, he might be more talented than no, 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 Jacarini, no. but Jacarini looks damn good in this in, in, in this formation. I just can't. Jacarini didn't couldn't make it for Sunderland. It's just... I don't know, that's interesting. Conte has done a fantastic job with this team, and it's unfortunate that he's going to have to uh, leave the team after the tournament. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hopefully he can win it. I mean, I don't know if that would frustrate Italy fans because he just wins one time. I, I don't think that'll frustrate anyone. I, I think... He's been here for... He's only been here... For two, know, two years, right? Not, 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 not even. Not even. A year. After the 2014-2015 season, he yeah. came on. So a year. He's been there for a year. But he's done a fantastic job. Keeling, we didn't really go over the goals. Keeling scores in, in the 33rd minute. Eder with a swerving free kick to him. Probably should have done better, but there was a scrum in the box. Keeling finishes. And then future Everton player, um, Graziano Pele, scores in the 91st minute and uh, is able to seal a deal. And we were in the fan zone for this one, too. A lot of Italian fans in Nice, of course, since it's on the Italian border, pretty much. So it was it was really great atmosphere there as well. Um so, yeah, unfortunate for Spain. They started off the tournament so well, but crash out to Italy. And all credit to Italy, they've been they've been playing out of their minds, really. Yeah, they had a good tournament, and they've had a good tournament barring that Ireland loss. Uh, but beating Belgium was was definitely an impressive feat in the group stages. Right. Uh, the last match of the round of sixteen was England versus Iceland, uh, and I think to most people's surprise, England ended up losing the game one to two. My God. Oh, it was, it was awful. I mean, th- this match was in Nice, so there were a lot of Icelandic fans and uh, English fans. So it was it was really cool to be a part of that. England opens up this this goal scoring in the fourth minute. Wayne Rooney with a nice penalty kick. Uh, Raheem Sterling taken down in the box by the goalkeeper. Definitely looking for that one, a soft penalty in my opinion, but I think it is a penalty. Um, and Rooney with a wonderful penalty kick. 
And, you know, at that point, you know, we were still running to the fan zone at this point, and we just heard an eruption. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it was – at that point, you thought, okay, England's going to go on and and win. But just literally a minute later, two minutes later, um, Ireland gets their chance. A nice flicked-on header by one of the Icelandic players. And uh, Sigurdsson, the defender, is able to score. Um, And then in the 19th minute – a great, uh, well, a good counterattack by Iceland. You, you have to feel like the English defender should have done better. Um, Sigdorsen does a good job of getting around the English defense and slotting a shot that probably should have been saved by Joe Hart. Uh, Joe Hart faced five shots on target in this tournament and let in four goals. So uh, not a great tournament 20% for him. 20% safety. Yeah, and he has not been good at all. Um, and it was in uh, you know England had some chances in the first half, many speculative efforts, but none really that close. And um, you know Iceland, all credit to them, they did a great job of defending. They took their chances when they needed to, and definitely the best story of the tournament that far thus, thus far. And um, oh, it's just an awesome, it's awesome to see three hundred thousand people. You know, you know it, it, we were we saw the stat. That if you if you're an Icelandic male between the ages of eighteen and thirty four, there's a one in one thousand chance you you're, you're playing for the Icelandic national team, which is crazy. Um, and you know maybe you know our boy Aaron Johansson maybe feels like he made the wrong choice. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not though. <laughs> I mean, right now, I mean, he's not. He, you're not going to be playing right. no matter what. Right. Well, and Gilfie yeah. Sig- Sigurdsson, the Swansea City man, is is a great player. Um, so you know they they have the talent. Uh, I don't see them beating France, but you know, anything's possible. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously the big news after the match is Roy Hodgson resigns. And I think, finally, I mean, he should have been fired after the 2014 World Cup. They didn't make it out of the group. Um, you know, Jamie Vardy wasn't starting, which I think is what a lot of people want to see. Harry Kane was on set pieces. Since the first match, I did not, I never understood that. He, he doesn't score free kicks. And why is he delivering the ball? I know he only scored one header, or from a from a corner kick during the season this year, but I mean he's you got to have him in the box. Um, that was just weird to me. Raheem Sterling has been terrible. There was a story today um, that Engl- that the English players were not happy with the sl- continued selection of Raheem Sterling. Jack Wilshere should not have been on this team. Jordan Henderson should not have been on this team. Um, you know. It, 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 it's just a lot, a lot, a lot of disappointment there. And I think Hodgson needed to go. And I think, honestly, honestly, I think Jurgen Klinsmann's a better manager than Roy Hodgson. Um, and I know he's sort of been linked with the England job. I- I'd be happy to see him go. Because on the flip side, Iceland is everything the U.S. could be. Organized, good on the counter, taking the chances. We have better players than Iceland. But we can play that type of game and play it maybe and, and take it more to our opponents. You know what I mean? Uh, and I, I just seeing that frustrates me because those we could win matches against a team like Argentina if we played like that. Um, so, you know, a horrible, horrible result for, for England. Terrible result. Absolutely disgraceful from the team. Uh, they really looked like they couldn't be bothered. And I think the the blame is squarely on Roy Hodgson in this one. And, of course, he's gone. So, 
I wonder, I don't know who will take over for England, but they have a lot of work to do before the 2018 World Cup in Russia. But Iceland, what a story, man. Yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't mind, I guess, France or Iceland winning, but you have to say it would be, it would be cooler uh, for Iceland to advance to the semifinals of their first major tournament. Uh, that would be amazing. Yeah, it would be. Although, I, I kind of do want to see France win the tournament. I think whoever wins this match, um, I'll probably be rooting for oh, going yeah. forward. I thought you were going to say whoever wins this match wins the tournament. I mean, oh, no, no. Well, I guess at that point, what? you're just like, okay, I'll take Iceland. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> all right, why don't, we, why don't we preview the upcoming quarterfinal matches? Um, our next few episodes are going to be all about the Euros, now that the Copa America Sense scenario has ended, so... Let's get a start here. On June 30th, Thursday, Poland will be taking on Portugal. Uh, who do you have in this one and why? I have Poland. Um, I just think Poland's a better team. I think they played a better team in Switzerland than Portugal did in Croatia. Um, although it's close. Croatia's a really good team. Um, you know, maybe I'll take that back. Maybe I take that back. I, I, I think Poland. I think Poland's attack is just going to be too much for uh, for Portugal. I think uh, Robert Lewandowski is obviously a fantastic striker. I think Milik is going to get it together. Blaszczykowski has had an outstanding tournament, um, and I think they're just—I think they're going to get it together and and beat Portugal. Um, Portugal, on the other hand, I have not been impressed with. Renato Sanchez, a really good young player, I haven't been impressed with. I don't think he's really commanded the midfield as well as he should have. I think. Cristiano Ronaldo up top really limits his talents, and he doesn't really know what to do in those positions. Um, you know, he, he can't use his pace. He can't use his one-on-one dribbling to get around a player from the center of the park. Um, and I, I think their, their defense is not great. And I think por- por- uh, a, a player like uh, Robert Lewandowski can really exploit the, the, exploit the spaces. And, um, and, and, and a player like Blaszczykowski can, can put the ball on... Uh, can can put the ball on a dime and uh, Lewandowski can score and you know they they already have built-in chemistry from the days at uh, Borussia Dortmund so um, I I'm going with Poland in this one uh, yeah, I would I, I agree with everything you said and I, I I think the only way that Portugal wins this is Ronaldo has to play out of his mind yeah Ronaldo has to play out of his mind and maybe even on the wing I don't know if they would do that at this point and they don't really have a, a true forward they have Eder. He's yeah, not very on the good. Bench. Or he, he has been on the bench. He yeah. would have to start. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ronaldo's play out of his mind. He, he has to play really well, and yeah. he just ha- hasn't been doing that. Yeah, and, and Glick in the center of Portu- Poland's defense is very, very good. Uh, he plays for Turin, I believe. So uh, he's, he's a very good player. And Poland, like I said, a lot of people's dark horse um, dark horse teams, and, one of, and, you know, they have a chance to make it to the final here. You know, the, on their side of the bracket, it's Poland, Portugal, Wales, and Belgium. And what's really cool is no matter what, we'll have one team who has never played in a European Championship final. Um, so it's, it's exciting. Yeah, d- definitely. And, and, I mean, I mean, going back to Portugal, you have to say that a lot, a lot of people expected you know Portugal to win that group with Austria, Hungary, and Iceland. Right. And it was disappointing for them to finish third in the group <laughs> and get through. Right. Because, I mean, if you put that in perspective, I mean, there's 24 teams this time, and you finish third in your group. Right. That would never happen if, you know, in the old Euro format. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think, I, I just don't think Portugal are a very good national team, to be honest. And we saw it at the 2014 World Cup. They weren't very good. They were uninspired. Um, Ronaldo, yeah, I feel bad for Ronaldo because he's really, he's playing out of position. He's frustrated and 
he can't really, he hasn't, he, he hasn't been able to do what he does so well for Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, and the, the next game, which will be the next day, July 1st, Friday, uh, Wales will take on Belgium. Two years after the Belgium, Belgium beat the U.S. men's national team in the 2014 World Cup. Yeah, um, it should be a very, very interesting match. I'm going with Belgium in this one, and I think it's going to be 2-3-0. Um, I, Wales have done a great job. Gareth Bale can obviously make some things happen, and it's possible that he has a moment of brilliance. Aaron Ramsey has been playing really well. Uh, I just don't think they have the talent to compete with Belgium. Belgium are stacked, and I think whoever they play at striker, whether it be uh, Bashuai or Lukaku, whoever it is, is going is gonna to give the Wales defense fits, and obviously they have a world, absolute world-class player in Eden Hazard on one wing, um, and they have, a, they have a decent defense with Toby Alderweireld back there. Um, they have Thibaut Courtois in goal. They have Raja Nyangolan, who I rate very, very highly. I think he's one of the best midfielders in the world. Um, in the center of the park, along with Axel Witzel. And then, of course, Kevin De Bruyne. Um, so I just think it's all that. It's, it's just too much for, for Wales. And I think uh, Wales have sort of gotten to this point. They beat Northern Ireland in the, uh, in the round of 16. They did not have a very difficult group. They had Slovakia, England, and Russia. Uh, they were able to win the group, though, all credit to them. Uh, but I think I think Belgium is just going to be too much for them. Yeah, and I, I would I would go as far to say that Belgium is going to you know, win this match just like they did against Hungary. I think they're going to score a goal early, and it's, I think Wales will give them a, a bit of a fight, but they're, they're going to end up pulling away at the end. I, I think I think Belgium are just I think Belgium are going to dominate throughout. Really? Okay. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Wales midfield is good enough. I, I think if 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 they can execute well on some of the attacking opportunities, I mean they have Ramsey. Well, Joe, Joe Allen and Aaron Ramsey have to play really well on this one. Yeah, and they're capable of it, but I don't I don't see it happening. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll take Belgium in this one. Uh, moving on to the other side of the bracket, on July second, Germany Italy will face off. Uh, who who you got in this one? Well, I want to know who you have in this one because you're a little bit of an Italy fanboy. Uh, <laughs> I think Conte has done a great job. I think it's going to be a close match. I think it's going to be a more defensive match than people might expect. I think Germany. I think Germany is going to win. Um, I do. I really do not think Italy has enough in their attack to be able to score against Germany. To score more than one against Germany, um, you know they have maybe a difference maker off the bench in uh, El Sharawi, Stephen El Sharawi, if he gets on the pitch. But Eder Pele is a good a good goal scorer. But Eder and Pele up top don't excite me. Um, or uh, Pele up top doesn't excite me. Um, and then, you know, Florenzi and Desilio at, at wing backs. You know, it just, in my mind, it doesn't make sense for Italy to win this match, but Conte has done a great job with the team, and it's definitely possible. Um, you know, I, I just, I think they're going to be overpowered in the midfield by Tony Cruz and Sammy Kadira and, Ju- and Mesut Ozil. Uh, and I just don't, I just can't see him comp- competing. I can't see I can't see Emmanuel Jacarini and uh, Eder or Pele or whoever's up there getting around Boateng and and then that great and Neuer and uh, Hector and then that and that great uh, and Hummels and whoever's playing there and that great German defense. Yeah, I guess you know I, Germans the German sorry I don't mean to cut you off but the German defense has looked suspect at times in this tournament. I just I don't have too much confidence in Italy's attacking force. That's all I'm trying to say. 
Nihal owes me five bucks after <laughs> Italy beat Spain 2 0 because I picked Spain and, and I picked Italy and he picked Spain. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I, can I can I say that? Can I say that Italy is more talented than Germany? No, I cannot. But I think that Conte has done such a good job in this tournament, and I think Italy fans definitely overreacted after that uh, loss versus Ireland. But uh, yeah, I mean, they've got they've got multiple players that can play in that wing back position. Uh, Florenzi just did a, a great job with his work rates, getting up and down the pitch. He also provides a threat on set pieces and crosses. So you're picking Italy? I am. I'm picking Italy, but I'm okay. not, yeah. Uh, you know, Matteo Darmian also fits perfectly into that spot. You saw him get involved late in the attacking game and uh, provided that deflected cross into Graziano Pele, who finished the second goal against Spain. And uh, the midfield is very strong, and the center backs, uh, those three center backs have done a great job. And I think on set pieces and some of those 50-50 balls, they, they will come through, and they're going to grind out this match, and I think they're going to win an extra time. Nah, you're crazy. 3-1, Germany. Okay. <laughs> I can understand this game. 2 nothing or 3-1. I could be wrong. I'm willing to go double or nothing. Really? Yeah. No, I would not go double or nothing. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I definitely felt way more confident against Spain. Mostly because of the coaching. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and in the last match of the quarterfinals, be France against Iceland. Uh, the hosts versus the, the team that... That can, I guess. <laughs> uh, who are you picking in this one? Huh? France. France is the home team. They have the better players. Iceland has done a great job, but I think France. I think France are going to win. I guess I meant the team that could. That's the expression. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think Iceland. I think they always have a chance if they because they execute their game plan so well. Um, but you know, we'll see. France has had a little bit of trouble scoring, but um, and they they leave it kind of late on. But I, I just see France winning. I think it's going to be a tough match. I think it's going to be two to one or three to two, not three to two, two to one or one nothing or something like that. Um, but I think France, I think France is going to win. And France is just a better team than England. So no, I definitely have to agree. I mean, Iceland can try their best approach, but I mean, France is eventually going to punish you. I mean, yeah. I, I, if if we see, because I think Griezmann in in the against Ireland in the first half is a little bit underwhelming. He could have finished a couple more of those chances, but from the second half, if, if his finishing is on point, and they've got plenty of other options up there, you know, Guignac even played really well once he was brought on. Uh, really, I don't know if I agree with that. That he played well. Yeah, I mean, he he gets his chances. I just don't think he just doesn't finish for the national team at least recently. But he's he's a good player. I think I think. Obviously, I think Dimitri Payet. I think some, yeah, Dimitri yeah, Payet. Payet, Payet does does a lot, in, including yeah. scoring. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he, he had some threatening set pieces in that game too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that some players should be there over Gignac, right? In, in my opinion, but I I think that just shows how right. deep the pool is. Right. The one, the thing that is though, Angolo Kante and Adil Rami are suspended for this match, so. Uh, Mangala will will be there in central defense, and I I don't know who will start necessarily for for France in the midfield, um, but those are big losses, and maybe just maybe Iceland can exploit those exploit those losses for France. Yeah, I'd be surprised. I mean, I think they're going to try the same approach. Uh, no, I think I think so too. Okay. But Mangala has is prone to making mistakes, uh, and I think 
it's it's possible for them to take advantage of some of their shortcomings. I don't think it'll happen. I'm just I'm I don't think I I think France is going to win. I don't think Iceland you can completely cut Iceland out because I think they they do execute their plan their game plan so well. Um, yeah, they, they execute their game plan so well, and I think I think the, the Icelandic uh, manager will be able to to see that France is missing those players and and, ex- and tr- at least try to exploit those spaces. Yeah, I, I think Mangalo will be the more significant of those two losses. I mean, Matuidi and Pogba both have defensive ability. Right, and Rami will be the more significant loss. Yeah, the, sorry. The, yeah, yeah. Mangalo will be the more significant person putting being put in. Right. Uh, and you know, they yeah, they both have defensive experiences. They both can get back as needed. And um, I, I think that Iceland, you, you know, they can't win the midfield battle. They can't take the game to, to France. But you're right. If they can. Uh, <laughs> If they if they can game plan it well and defend when they need to and which take, they have done to be fair, take advantage of the opportunities, maybe get a set piece goal, something of that nature, uh, then yeah, I mean anything is possible. But I, I'm still taking France two nothing. I'll say okay, full time. What about you? I, I think I already said France two to one. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, you're okay. Uh, yeah, I, I apologize. Towards the latter half of this episode, I started to feel a cold or something. I I don't know what happened there. <laughs> But uh, b- before we leave, we have to talk about Ambitious Strike. Yeah, uh, Ambitious Strike is an awesome clothing apparel company. Go check them out. A soccer-themed clothing apparel company. Go check them out at AmbitiousStrike.com. The link to their website is always in the description. Use the code BROTHERS at checkout for a 15% off discount. Uh, yeah, we're going to have a episode after the quarterfinals of the Euros. It's going to be very exciting, so stay tuned for that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to start covering some of the transfers. Uh, the transfer... Window officially opens soon, um, in a couple of days, and we'll start to be covering those. But the Euros are going to be our main focus from now on. I know we haven't covered them so much, but you know, once they start to come to a close, we'll cover transfers, um, some of the new managerial appointments that have been made, Ronald Koeman to Everton, Unai Emery to um, uh, PSG, um, and uh, you know, we'll start to cover those as well as well as MLS. We're going to get back into the swing of things with MLS. Yeah. Uh, we definitely have an exciting tournament ahead of us. Do you have, do you have a preliminary winner for this? Or do you think France? Um, I'm not going to say. Really? Yeah, I'm not going to say. I think I think I want to... Well, I mean, that's yeah, it's easy to do that. Wait for the semifinal. <laughs> I, I, th- I think I'm going to go... I, th- I think I think France are going to win it. Yeah. Just... Uh, and I know these two oh, Or Belgium. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. I think Germany's more talented than Belgium is. But... Well, you have uh, Italy winning anyway, so... Yeah. yeah. So no, you, well, actually, don't, I know I don't have Italy winning. No, you have Italy beating Germany, so that's not a problem for you. Yeah, it's not. That's what, that's what I was going to say, yeah. I, I, right now, I really want to say um, that the that the final will be Belgium-Italy. Yeah, that'd be a very interesting final. Yeah. yeah the, 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 and, and I would say Belgium wins that game, though. Right. For some reason, so... Right. All right, guys. Well, we're going to get out of here, but before we go, please follow us on our social media. Our Twitter and Instagram are at Soccer Bros Pod. You can contact us at SoccerBrothersPodcast at gmail.com. Um, rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. And we'll see you guys next time for episode 53 of the Soccer Brothers Podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>